0: Uh, have you told your fiance that your nickname is Big Dick Alex? I have. Okay. What did she think of <laughs> yeah.
1: that? Uh, she, did she well, beg to uh, differ? No, no. I'm the one who begs to differ <laughs> for the record. No, she said sounds about right. But um, but that could go okay. m- multiple ways. That could be sounds about right in a good way. That could be like sounds about right. Like, oh, that makes, makes sense that your friends would say something like that. I, I don't know i'm just gonna take it as a positive thing and just roll with it yeah
0: it's totally meant to be a positive thing because it, it's it,
2: hard to take that in a negative way we're uh,
0: comparing how. you to a negative alex gonzalez
1: so. oh got it
0: you are listening to party at the all points a journey through the competitive realms of age of sigmar and now your hosts dayton obray Jeffrey Bodine, and Price Vander. Yeah. Welcome everybody to Party at the All Points. I am one of your co-hosts for this evening, Dayton Obrey. This is your age of Sigmar podcasts we try to keep it focused and fun with me tonight is jeff how you doing buddy hey man how are you uh, uh good fantastic actually thank you and also <laughs> Weird. God, we got God. price tonight finally he's back Yeet.
3: yeah i'm back hooray i'm here <laughs>
0: And also because we're talking night hot this evening, we thought we would bring in the guy who actually runs it competitively or used to, but they haven't changed since he ran it. So I think it's still relevant.
1: Kind of, Mr. Big Dick Alex. Hi, Hi, dude. Doing good. Doing good. Thank you for having me on.
2: Oh my God.
0: <laughs> Reason for the big Dick Alex nickname just for our listeners who don't oh, know Jesus is Christ. because there's another Alex Gonzalez in the world. Who I'm sure is a
2: totally fine guy, but he anyway. has a
0: horrible <laughs> reputation. So we wanted to separate whenever we talk about Alex, being the the nicer, friendlier, better Alex. So we just gave him tagged him a nickname with Big Dick Alex, because there's nothing negative <laughs> about that. So
1: I'm gonna plead the fifth on that one, but I'll take it. Uh... <laughs> yeah. How are you I'm doing, doing man?
0: Also, uh, Alex uh, Alex is uh, part of In Your Phase, his new podcast.
1: Yeah. Yes. Last time we yes. had him on
0: the show, he was he had his wide world of work. Just talking about it.
2: He was just t- teasing about its existence and
0: it is now burst into reality. Yeah, yeah? You guys are full. You guys are like deep now.
1: Yeah, we're good. Um I mean, we record every Tuesday night. We um we release every Thursday to Friday, sometimes Saturday. If you forget, like I do sometimes, um, we we do a video cast that we put on YouTube. We have Podbean. Uh, we're on all the other apps that you guys are on and elsewhere. Um, uh, we're on for Age of Sigma every other week. We're on FLG's uh, Frontline Gaming's uh, role. Um, we we do uh, video ideally every Sunday night. We do uh, live stream games. Right now, because of uh TTS tournament that Jeremy and I were in, that our co-host Garrett was running, um, we both streamed our games. Jeremy streamed his very earlier, uh, much earlier in the day. Um, I finished mine up about two hours ago um, for my stream. So uh, we had two kind of games, but they were both TTS rather than he and I, pardon me, in his basement, which I call the dungeon, uh, playing playing each other, then uh Pardon me again. Whew, been drinking. Playing uh,
2: each other in the dungeon, huh? Well, oh, drinking. no, yeah.
1: I call it the sex dungeon. Yeah, I know. Yeah, deep, yeah. It's deep and dark in my dice roll bad down there. Yeah, there's um, some fucking going on. Mm-hmm. Gotta <laughs> say that. Yeah, but anyway. uh,
0: You can't say fucking on FLG, but you can say it here. Yay. No, oh, free, no, you free, bitch. Can. Oh, can't
1: hold stop this. Hold on. You can. You can. There are some rules, but there those, <laughs> that's not the rules. No, no. Really? Swearing, swearing is okay. Uh um, Really? There's there that. are some other rules though. There are some other we we can talk about those later. <laughs> but uh yeah, no, we 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 do that um John every Wednesday, he's got his hobby stream um where he's been actually the last few weeks because we do 40k and AOS, he's been um he's really into LED lights and he has added LEDs to his uh three Primaris outriders, the new Primaris bikers. Um, and he, when I first met him before he was even before I was friends with John, I knew him as, Oh, look at that fucking asshole with like an army of 60 space marine bikers with LEDs in the front of their bikes that just happened to be pointed up to like eye height on the table. And I'm like, this is awful. I hope to never play him. And then I got became friends with them and, uh, and I get it now, but, uh, yeah, he's so he's, so he's been. Uh, doing a hobby stream where he's been doing that. And he's also really into gardening. Um, specifically, he's really into making, uh, uh, growing peppers. Like he sent me a package, a, a care package of peppers of varying spice. And uh, he's been doing these like hot chili pepper challenges lately. So he does like his own version, like wargaming version of hot ones, which I really appreciate. Um, so... We've been doing a little. We've been doing a lot of stuff. We we do live streams for Total War Warhammer uh, and, and basically any Warhammer video game. But you know, I know that Dayton and I, you know, we've been playing co-op Total War Warhammer. Uh, Jeremy and I have another campaign where he is Wood Elf and uh, I'm Vampire count. But he's having a real hard time with Wood Elf. So uh, we we do a lot. <laughs> Alright, so if we have any listeners left, uh that was that was a good
0: little <laughs> rundown of
2: everything Alex has been. Thank doing. you for that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So anyway, I was born in Akron. <laughs>
1: it's not. I was born in Cincinnati though. God damn it, I was close. <laughs> you were you were shockingly close. You were shockingly close. I, you figured you know, had, uh, I figured state you of had to be
3: from Ohio. So the state just, of Ohio the most uh, astronauts out of any state in the US and I assume that's because Ohio is such a shitty place that people would rather go to the moon.
2: Rather, they would Ohio. rather be in space than be in Ohio. Ah yep. uh,
1: yep. you that know I wanna sense. say that you're wrong, but I so frankly, <laughs> I'm my, my family's from California and I grew up in California, but like I moved there when I was three, so I'm almost certain I was conceived in California. Then my parents moved to Ohio, had me. Then like they were like fuck Ohio and then they left. I have literally have nothing in Ohio. There's no family, no friends. My dad worked there for a job, uh, or worked there because of his job, and then like very quickly moved back. So I'm like, I was born in Ohio, but like, I have zero attachment to it. There's nothing.
3: You can go it. eat their garbage-ass fucking chili. I can't eat unquote, shit unquote, unquote. there.
1: What are you talking about?
3: Uh, you're, you think I'm uh, gonna, uh, gonna eat thinking, like
1: Midwest food? Or but I'm, food? I'm talking about yeah. the
3: skyline chili that is that they are quite fond of, and it's not even fucking chili. It's just like sauce on spaghetti noodles. Um, and it's
1: tofu awful. chunks. Tofu chunks. Wait. No, I, it's not,
3: there's no tofu chunks. It's so, just wait, sauce gross. and
1: spaghetti noodles. Is this, are we talking spaghetti? <laughs> uh,
3: closer to spaghetti than chili, that's for sure. Uh, Google Skyline Chili if you're interested in. Yeah, I'm going to get
2: physically upset, <laughs> but here we go. I can't it also has roundup
3: up squirrel in it.
0: Uh, Alex is vegan too, just so we know.
1: <laughs> oh my God, what is that?
3: It's an uh, abomination.
0: That's the squirrel. For our listeners, I guess that would be the picture of that chili. Yeah. Okay,
1: let me let me describe you the images I'm looking at you guys right now. It's called chili. Okay, so straight up, there's something called there's a like, you can buy boxed and canned skyline chili, and it literally is called Cincinnati's famous chili and spaghetti, and it's wow. cheese on the top, a fuck ton of spread, uh, shredded cheese, then a bunch of shredded meat of any variety, and then a bunch of just raw Cooked spaghetti Brody noodles. noodles. Broad-cooked doesn't it's, make. It. It's, it's what gross. in the world? If you, or uh, right, if you're plain, plain cooked spaghetti noodles. Yep. Unseasoned. <laughs> this is why no, no, no. there's had... no there's, there's no seasoning if,
2: in Ohio.
3: If anyone from Cincinnati listens to this, they will stop listening to our podcast. Okay. Yeah. It. But, Sorry. But so, I guarantee. So, so,
1: so this is the reason why. This this is the reason why I will not name names. This is the reason why at SoCal Open once, we went to an Indian restaurant and there were some Midwesterners that came with us and they couldn't have, even the mild spice was like too spicy for them. And they were just like, we need to, we need to send this food back. We can't, we can't eat this.
2: And yeah, the, like, the seasoning
1: uh, they use in Ohio is called smog. <laughs> smog or? or... <laughs> Salt. <laughs> All
0: right, Jesus Christ. Stop, <laughs> everyone! We're going to be talking about night hunts at some point. Uh, before all that, though, I did want to give a shout out to our mini sponsor, Mini Mag Tray. I got their samples. Yeah, nice and metal. I posted some pictures of how clean my army looks now with those mag with those uh, trays. It's pretty sweet, and we want to say thanks for that. Thanks for jumping on board the party. Uh, times. Did,
1: did you get yours yet? Did I get my mini mag trays? I, you know, I have uh, two of them. Ah. I need more. I actually do need more. I've been meaning to just give some to Jeremy because uh, your mini mag trays. So like, I mean, they're your sponsors. So like, I'm sure they're going to appreciate me like talking positively about them. Um, out of all of the like trays that really exist, they all have like some sort of separation from model to model. Right. Like they either have like little inlets or like, you know, little sections where you put the models into the base. And so they're all like maybe equally like an inch out or like half an inch or whatever. I'm um, having these be in a way where you can, they are much more simple. They're very much like a template. Um, you can put them together, which is great because an army like Illumineth needs to be, in, uh, especially when you don't bring um, the Stony people, the, the battle cattle group of guys, um, they need to be in shining company to be like most effective. Like, especially with um, the basically like America translated and the Zarek uh, uh, houses for, or nations for, um, for Lumina. They like need to be in base to base contact with everyone. And in order, and like, you know, you, most it's so hard to do that with the models that like, you basically have to have like a, like unspoken agreement with your opponent to be like cool like if something's not exactly face-to-face like don't freak out but in a tournament play like you might have that asshole who's just like well oh, they're like well, a millimeter apart uh, if you play with
0: intention you know. this isn't 40k augs yes. we're playing uh ages. okay
1: you understand what i'm talking about though i always uh, like i do i do know. but if you
2: play with intention frankly i feel like that
0: person has no
2: art anyways argument. we're
1: losing the point of the. <laughs> losing the point so with mini mag tray though um because of just the nature of how mini mags are they're perfect for shining company luminous so if there they are, are. luminous players out here like i mean i'm not on their payroll but like definitely get mini mag trays well, just because we're not we're not perfect. getting paid
0: to be fair but you do get a discount on Mini mag bro. All hey. one word for your five hey. percent discount.
1: They're also hey. super
3: nice uh, if you are like myself or Jeff, and you have to travel a lot um, because they're effectively flat. Like they're they take up yeah. almost no space. So when it comes to dealing with your case space and and making room for miniatures and your trays and things like that, I I bought Mini mag stuff before they sponsored the show. I've always liked it. Um, but yeah, I can't recommend their products enough for just. They make a formation that will fit what you need, uh, that's yep. affordable, and will do what you need it to do. So, um, without uh, dumping on uh, Skyland Chili anymore, we should probably dive into probably talking about Night haunt or something hobby that's actually or hobby something.
0: related. I don't know. I guess
3: Jeff,
2: what are you doing? I do to guess <laughs> what have I been doing for hobby? Let's see. Okay, I had I had a daughter's of Cane Army. I had one, and now I don't. Oh, you sold it. I, no, no. I couldn't get anybody to buy it, so I threw it in the trash. I almost it. It. I tr- I traded it, traded it for a Sylvaneth Ooh. army. What? Oh, now that may sound very much
3: counterintuitive.
2: But very counterintuitive that it is, but there's two reasons. Number one, um I do very much more so enjoy the kind of ethos behind Sylvaneth rather than Daughters of Cain and um I'm also kind of banking on their new book, elevating them from the dumpster up a little bit higher, and mm-hmm. I'll be ready to capitalize on it when they do. Okay. So, so I'm kind of like, you know, because I, because they're so bad, they're going to get a rewrite that will make them much, much better than they are. So oh. when that Daughters comes... Book too, right? Yeah, but Daughters of Cain have been always... A, a top level performer. Uh, so they're going to get depressed. They are, they have been in the, They, recently, they will get
0: pushed down a little bit. I think fire Slayer's got their number.
3: We'll see what happens when the new, uh, new campaign book comes out. Cause the first campaign book, yeah. I think focuses on Ideneth and daughters, if I'm not mistaken, from what we know about the previews. Um, so there's a chance that somebody comes out of that book, uh, Maybe not smelling like roses, but we'll see. Um, daughters have, have been a consistently good army. Uh, Sylvaneth are very popular. Um, and I imagine it's some. We know that Sylvaneth will continue to get support, and they'll see some new cool stuff come out for them at some point. Yeah. So
0: Let's not forget Ideneth, too. Like, they need something. As my wife yeah. is just jumping into it, we build yeah. kind of like a, a little bit of everything list. They need so much help. When if you, you just don't want to run it, Well,
2: I mean, what's funny about them, they need help, yes, but they're still actually pretty competitive with those damn Yeah, they eels. have a build. They yeah, have a unit that's on the like. what well, that's that's what's hilarious about them is that even though the book is you know arguably pretty much trash, um, they're actually because they have one unit that is so freaking OP that they still compete. Now Sylvanath are just kind of in the dumpster, and I, I realize that, um, but I'm I'm kind of gambling that they're going to get a big rewrite that will make them really good. And um, I just really like Elariel's model. And the whole like oh, yeah. blooming with life thing. It's just yeah, cool.
0: The tree lords. Everything about them is aesthetically. Yeah, and I think actually
2: cool. I could really I could really get a lot of juice out of the squeeze with their playstyle. So a I mean like,
1: you know, to each their own, but like I mean, you could bring the, the living city.
2: I know. I, I I thought about that too, is that it it's also more opens competitive. The door. It opens the door for living city options uh but you know we'll see so nice. i did that i did that
0: what about yourself, okay
3: okay um so i recently have been playing uh some more underworlds uh, as everybody knows that's my side podcast that doesn't exist um i've played <laughs> uh, a little bit of Underworlds. been enjoying that um We, this is again not Age Sigma related, but we got together and had a D&D game at the house uh, yesterday. Jefferson was here, so that was pretty fun. Got to to do a little bit of dungeons and dragoning. Uh, I have been trying to decide on where I want to go for next year as far as what kind of army do I want to take, what are my goals, uh, things like that. So. I think I wanna do something that's really like a wonky mixed chaos list that's super travel friendly, probably not very good, but will be fun to build and fun to play. Uh, so I've been brewing on that, looking at what mixed chaos could possibly look like. Uh, it's bad in every iteration, but it's at least entertaining. So, um, but yeah, that's kind of been where, I, where I've been lately. I haven't done a lot of, uh, I haven't sat down and done a lot of Age of Sigmar hobby. Uh, I am currently, as we talk, building the eyes of the nine for underworlds as well
0: yeah they, uh, uh they're tricky they're really fragile
3: <laughs> they are they're 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 fiddly um they it, it's the same thing with all the games workshop push fits where sometimes the push fits work really really well they're very nice uh and then sometimes you kind of have to you really want to understand how the push fit works before you actually push the models together sorry so. i actually
0: meant like in the game oh yeah
3: um, very, well, yeah, because they summon the blue. The blue doesn't inspire. He turns into a pink, but he keeps his upgrades when he comes back. It's pretty fucking rad. I like Trixie Hobbit style stuff. Uh, we'll talk about that as we get to the Night Haunt list that I have, which is probably far too Trixie and not good enough to do anything, but man, it'd be fun if it worked. So yeah, We really got to start that uh, Underworld. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah, I actually, I forgot. I I did, uh, I had mentioned last time that I got the Beast Grape set. I went on ahead and built my. Deck for the uh, the Iron Soul uh, Stormcast group. So nice. We'll see how it goes.
0: I love how the new uh, the new one they've uh, listed it has Lumineth in them already. That's a really cool opener for a box. Yeah. But uh, how about yourself, there, uh, Big Dick Alex?
1: What's up? How, how, how's your
2: Was hobby?
1: Is it my what hobby that? new? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I should probably, uh, yeah, I didn't charge these properly, so hey, it's on me. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, like, my hobby is all right now, the Seraphon. Um, I've am painted, uh, let's see, um, I don't have photos to share, but um, I'm the writer, and the mount isn't done yet, but um, you sure this is, one this is so not a cold one this is a goddamn carnosaur, yeah, carnosaur um so it's actually or painted or. it's or actually or. painted um albino for the carnosaur um and it's a scarvet on carnosaur um i didn't it's not all done yet and i have a bunch of cold ones here that i have to paint up cold ones are going to be primarily gray um i didn't know like i i carl Payne, who has won lvo best painted for 40k before uh, he's a good friend of mine, he lives in uh, Hillsborough, so he's like right next to Portland. He was giving me a lot of advice for painting and, uh, you know, he gave me like a list of colors that my, my mount should be, because I was like, these are all mounts like, there's like, you know, a theropod, a uh, carnosaur, there's uh, mini theropod cold ones, then there's, you know, the sauropods in the way of the Bastilodons and the... Um, um, the Stegodonts. I was like, I can't just like have them all be the same color. And the Pterodons. Like, no, that doesn't make any fucking sense. So he was like, here are a list of colors that will go well with the orange. And uh, one of them was white. And so I was like, fuck it. Like, I'm gonna do white. And then I found out the old Lizardman fluff. Like, white meant that like you have like special meaning or like a special yep. destiny. Mm-hmm. So I was like, yep. it'd be fucking, it'd be fucking funny if like the Carnosaur had a special destiny, and like the writer didn't, didn't matter. And so. <laughs> I'm going to end up doing like little like handprints on the side. So he gets like different writers and he has like a different handprint on them. So the writers keep on dying and he keeps on living. That's what I'm going to. I'm going to uh, white that. also
0: for Skaven means they're special as well.
1: Oh, oh, I didn't know that. That's good. Yeah, they have
0: like Storm Vermin and stuff that were like yeah. special.
1: Wow. So it was like identical. Oh, old stuff, weirdly. So so they were like two sides of the same coin. Right. Um, interesting. Yes, they had a duality there. Um. I, I still need to paint all these, but the problem is, and Dayton knows that he and I have gotten a lot of information recently uh, regarding other things that are not Age of Sigma related. Okay, well and let's now, hear it. Let's. GW is fucking stupid. Sorry, releasing
0: the only way you can get a book is by purchasing it, and then you get the digital code for their codexes. We're talking about k
1: Unless you just happen. Exactly. So what's going to happen? Oh
0: we're, all gonna turn in, we're all going to turn into pirates. And we're gonna, and it was handed to me. It was handed to me from a friend, and he was like, "Keep it hush." And then it was handed to me by like two other friends, saying, "I'll keep it hush." So it was out like real quick. So we've been deep diving Necrons because Alex and I are big Necrons fans.
1: Yes, we are. Uh, Hence
0: my death obsession in Age of Sigmar. It's an easy read.
1: Exactly, mine as well. (laughs) But
0: uh, but yeah, that's enough of that. We're just GW. If they if they go digital or if they go book only for Age of Sigmar, I'll be pissed off. So so, you got
1: to remember you got to remember that Age of Sigmar, um, their app is just so much better, right? Right. So it happens at the 40- Man, ch- It works.
2: <laughs> Throwing that shade, baby.
1: Uh, you know, okay, so to like slightly white knight it for G-Dub, they do say that if you buy the physical copy, you get a code that basically gives you all the rules for the app. That's what
0: the I mean, app. though. But you can't get yeah. a digital copy only. So they used to have it on iTunes. So I get all my codexes on my iPad because I live in a remote area. So for me to, instead of waiting, I just download my game. I'll pay my costs and it gets updated every time there's a fact or whatever, which is great because digital, I hate to break it to you. Like four years ago when I went to my union for a constitutional change, we didn't get handed books or papers. We got handed a friggin' notebook and it gets updated every day of the topics. Like it's not new technology. And the fact that they're going back to the books and making it your only option now is BS. And people are going to adjust and guess what? It's going to get pirated.
3: Yeah. I mean, yeah. GW has never been particularly technically savvy. Like they stumbled into the age of Sigmar app somehow and made like, one part of it is age of Sigmar, I I'm going to, go off on this diatribe for a second because I spent time working for Games Workshop. This is something I'm familiar with. Oh, shit. Age of Sigmar came out under the... So when I worked for Games Workshop, and they have changed since then, but when I worked there, Games Workshop very much so believed this idea that people buy their game or buy the miniatures because of the miniatures and the rules don't matter, right? Like the rules were... Uh, they considered them to be like a minor part of the game. I, I think anybody listening to this is fully aware that that is a faulty concept. But Age of Sigmar released Black doodle. Age of Sigmar Copycock. basically reduced to a released to prove that concept in some respect, which is why Age of Sigmar's core rules and War Scrolls are free, uh, and so there was no big deal to put War Scrolls up on the website and on the the app, and obviously like Age of Sigmar when it first released was an absolute flop until General's Handbook Cam came out and saved it. Uh, but Age of Sigmar, in some respects, benefits from like a really flawed mentality from Games Workshop management at the time, because basically they went, hey, we're going to release all these rules for free because the rules aren't why people buy miniatures. Um, and then lo and behold, of course, Battle tomes come out and stuff like that. But basically, I think our game exists in a really and it's difficult to go back on it. Right. They're never going to turn around and be like, all right, well, we're not going to give you War Scrolls for free, despite having done that for the entire history of this game. So the game benefits in a lot of respects of having been released under that flawed concept. And I think that's part of what makes the age of Sigmar app so great is that if you're in a tournament and you ever have a question about just a base war scroll that your opponent's using, it's very easy to politely check that information without appearing to be rude or, you know, interrupting or anything like that. Um, And it also just gives you a lot of functionality to figure kind of out how armies and stuff like that work. So uh, it's a thing that we got lucky as as Age of Sigmar fans for, and we got a great app. Like fuck, our app is functional and consistently works. And if you want to use the War Scroll Builder, that works. It's like a dollar a month. So,
0: dollar forty nine, sir.
3: I don't pay Canada <laughs> bucks for things. Yeah, yeah
0: I actually yeah. did that uh, f- from uh, last tournament I was in back before the COVID days. Uh, my last round opponent never played uh, Ogre Ma tribes before. And he's like, "Oh, I, this is my new army. I'm just going to play it." I'm like, oh, that's cool." I instantly opened up his army and started reading his war scrolls to make sure I knew it, just in case he. And yeah, he was getting a couple things wrong. <laughs> he, just reminded, oh, no. he just reminded, right? Like, it's it's not. He was a super awesome opponent. It wasn't anything against him, but new army, right? You gotta you gotta double down on that.
1: Or poor, poor, yeah. Mm.
0: Anyways, for myself, the carry thing is going back forward. I finished my uh, back forward. Back forward. Put your hands upon my hips. When I dip, you dip, we dip. We dip. Okay. (laughs) I'm out of here, you guys. See you guys later. (laughs) See you later. This trash
2: episode. I'm just going to throw myself out a window. God damn
0: it. Uh, I finished my zombie dragon, my arch region on the zombie dragon. I finally finished him up, so now he's added to my feck. I got to do three more flares, which are assembled, but I'm waiting to prime them because I am now currently in the process of assembling like 2,500 points worth of dollars a cane.
1: Oh, uh, doing that, that beside... yeah
0: the, Oh, Jesus. The Sisters of Slaughter are just so... I spindly. give you shit,
1: but I'm a Seraphon player now, so I'm like... Mm.
0: yeah. You look literally are the worst.
1: <laughs> hey, I don't play crow, so whatever.
0: That's true. And then my wife is uh, doing her first Eidneth, her first GW army. Her first eel army. Yeah, she's, mm. uh, there's only 15 eels in the army i love the restraint yeah she wanted the turtle <laughs> she, so she gets a turtle she has a turtle she has two sharks she has 15 eels and 20 narati thralls and a couple of characters but anyway so she's assembling right beside me she's never done this before so it's you know it's we just kind of have a session together where we sit across the table and play music and assemble models so bravo yeah mm-hmm. she's uh she's enjoying it but unfortunately now you've achieved the, the
2: impossible you got your significant other to fully
0: participate in hobby yeah wait till the painting but uh, what i got her to do was kind of blog what she's been doing on twitter so you can go ahead and follow her at reek rock so she's been updating people on her progress because i figured that's a good motivation for her you know not to just drop it <laughs> and she got like 300 likes off of one post that she did, so she's got more oh, fun awesome. in a day, which is hilarious. So go, female gamers! Oh yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I got lots going on now. Fully Age of Sigmar, uh, a little bit of 40k thrown in there just because of the new releases with Necrons. So that's going to distract me a little bit, but oh yeah, I will get this Daughters of Cain army done. It's gonna be awesome, fantastic. It's good to have a project <laughs> again, but. We're going to continue on with, uh, we're going to go on to night haunts. And we got some listener questions we'll do beforehand. But first. And now,
1: a word from our sponsors. Party at the All Points podcast is brought to you by BadDragon.com. Have you ever wanted a raw dog werewolf mouth? Have you ever wanted to have 17 inches of dragoncock inside of you? Well, BadDragon.com is just for you. Enter promo code Party at the All Points in my mouth. And get 10% off your next order at BadDragon.com.
0: So we got some listener questions. Uh, questions, Believe it or not, we're actually getting more people involved, which is really cool. <laughs> the fools. I know, right? Uh, Dane. Uh, okay, so I just asked uh, if there's any questions about Big Dick Alex and oh uh, Nighthaunt questions for recording. And Dane just says he probably means by personality, not actual size. I think you've met Dane before, Alex? He's in yeah, the, Dane Lynn. Yeah. yeah, he's in the spot. Yeah, center. Slanesh
1: player? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so uh, he and I played about, uh, I want to say 11 months ago, we played at a GT that I won with Bone Reapers. The first weekend Bone Reapers were out officially. Um, I just, like, you know, or the week after they were out, I had a whole army, like, three-color minimum, and <laughs> um, which became eventually my LVO army. But he, we we played at Wagapalooza in Idaho, and very final round. Uh, I would never played him before, so he just like throws something at me, and so I just grab it instinctually, and it's a condom, and it says something like. Was it like used? Sl- no, <laughs> thank God, it wasn't. No, it was in a, it was in its package, but it was, it said something along along the lines of like use protection with Slanesh, and he was brought heated nights to Slanesh, Thanks. and I was just like, it's first a good of team. all clever little party favor for like for sportsmanship but also like this is gross <laughs> <laughs> no so, one anymore <laughs> yeah and he was just like whatever i don't give a shit and so we played a really good game it was really fun mortek guard just made uh more the uh, the keepers just bounced off mortek yeah uh, it was it was a fun fucking yeah. game and it was the final round of the tournament for like all the marbles. so yeah yeah he's a fun guy um oh yeah Dane and, is like
0: yeah. our number one like most interactive fan so hell yeah off to him.
1: Yeah, yeah. he says a lot. Yep. He gives me a lot of shit in the Spokane Blood Bowl Discord when I try to like post a link. He's just like, dude, no one cares. And I'm like, okay. Appreciate him in the community. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh,
0: David Blanchard Wright says when you're display designing a display board for your army, how much effort do you put into the spectacle of it? LED lights, glow in the dark paint, smoke machines, etc. Versus the actual painting Mm. and sculpting. Do you feel that should be that should be a consideration when determining best painted armies at an event.
3: So I'll dive into this one. Um, first part of the question, how much effort do you, I, I think a lot of that depends on what your goal is like, cause if you're traveling, especially if you're flying, you have to consider what you can and can't travel with. Uh, I think there's a lot of really cool ideas out there, but depending on what you're trying to do and getting in, on and off an airplane can be an absolute nightmare. I don't think unless it's something specifically stated, it should be considered in the best painted conversation because ultimately, like I, I think the army that you put on the table is the thing that should be judged there. That said, I think if you do a really good job with your display board, you're inevitably going to
2: get more get, attention.
3: You'll get the attention so that right. people can look at your paint and, and bump yourself up. I do think that if you can find a way to get something very tactile in smoke or, possibly sound or flashing lights. It helps a ton and it's really fun to do. Um, but I think for it, when I design one or when I think about one, my first consideration is always how am I going to get this to and from the tournament and how much space do I have at the tournament to put it there? Um, you know, what, what kind of room do I have to roll it around, move it around? And so that's always my first thought process.
0: Yeah. If you need uh, help, I, I know when I did my display board, there's a YouTuber called uh, Luke Town. He's an Australian, so big shout out to Australian, or one lister, maybe two. Sam, I know it's you, buddy. Anyways, uh, if you YouTube and watch him, he goes into great detail about how to do display boards. Not display boards, but he does like scenic dioramic scenes, and there's a lot of really good information. He's very entertaining. He's over like a million views and stuff. Like He's He's a big dick energy out in the YouTube world for sure. And uh, yeah, he was fantastic. I use a lot of his uh, creation steps to do my display board for my feck army. And yeah, super fun. And when it's all done, I really have a lot of fun with bases in general and doing the display board. It's just awesome to tie it all in because when you get to see your army on a display board, it just pops like it just really adds the whole thematic side to it. And yes, it will pull people to it for sure. So then that's judges, that's everyone else. And if you're getting like best vote from the public, it, it really helps a lot. I don't know if it's ever going to be, it should be considered. I don't necessarily believe in that, but it will indefinitely help because you're going the extra step in your hobby.
1: I don't have enough for a display boards. It's been a while since I've done a display board. I mean, I have cool ideas that I want to do and things that I've seen, but I, I just don't have enough to share. You know, I I, I, s- I, haven't,
0: I haven't seen anyone do win best painted like in the hobby track for like ITC points that didn't have a display board.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I tell you, I had. Uh, yeah, I think the
2: display boards, personally, I think they they need to be well conceived and original, but not uh, overdo it because. Mm. If it takes focus off of the Army because of spectacle, like I personally do not like going ham on LEDs and smoke and crap like that because it's like, I don't know, then to me, like it makes me think your paint job probably isn't all that great. And you're using the spectacle to try to boost yourself up. But if it's understated, but still really amazing, like for example, you can look at some of his work. There's a guy that I ran into a number of times. His name is Thomas Bird for 40 K and he uh, ran or still does, I believe runs ultramarines competitively and he has a beautiful army and a beautiful display board and it's really awesome and it adds to it, but doesn't just be like, wow, that's like insane, but it's so cool at the same time. So it's a really great, uh, in my opinion, balance. And I was actually, I was running ultramarines at the same time when I ran into him. And um, I made a display board that ultimately I scrapped because I moved away from Ultramarines. This was early eighth when Ultramarines were bad. Um, All Marines were bad and then eventually they got way better as everybody knows. But, uh, and it was like, it it had a ring in the center that had all nine chapter icons of the loyal founding chapters. And it was like cut out of plastic card, and it was like cracked stone. It was really awesome looking. but uh, uh, And it was the same basing. It was the same basing as the rest of my army, and that's kind of how it all tied together.
0: If um, you want to check out uh, – I know we had Bobby on the show last episode. Check out his Instagram and check out the display case he did for that Ultramarines army he did. It's insane. It's a, literally a box, and then it pu- – pulls out like he has pull out drawers that then fold out and then go onto the top and it's like a chapel it's all like marble and he did cool. like a custom like marble uh, like gold statue behind it with all these bones and stuff and everything fits perfectly on this display board and then everything goes back into a box so for as what price always likes to talk about being a f- travel friendly army it's just literally box and everything is held tight it's phenomenal and I'm really surprised he didn't talk about it the last episode because he did that all himself, which is crazy. But, uh, he had a long episode, probably just ran out of time. Oh, dude, that was a great episode! Check it out. Yeah,
2: <laughs> it was a good one.
0: Uh, yeah, all right, so let's talk about some next questions. Uh, Lord Froador says MSU Blade Geists or Whore Discount, Alex. Hmm.
1: Uh, mSU blade guys or horde discount um, blade guys hard discount always um, you know the difference between a unit of like yeah, I mean a unit of five is obviously 90 points but the difference between um, 15 at 270 and 20 with a discount is 320 so that's not all that much um, I would always go for the discount if you're if you have the points to spare um, I mean, we'll go into lists a little later, I think, right? So,
0: but didn't yeah. you like, didn't you, aren't you notorious for running like a purely MSU Nighthaunt list to try to get no. the uh, charge bonus?
1: I definitely have MSU Nighthaunt, but I have a unit of 20 and a unit of 10 in my Blade Guard. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty consistently two units of 10. I've been experimenting with two units of 20 instead, but um, for the most part, yeah, uh, 10 and 20. I
2: don't know. I feel like that's just like a too situational of a question.
0: You know, like it. Uh, it makes sense. Like there are the two builds when you're thinking about night haunts, so you can stack and get the discount for the wound count because of that. Yeah. Uh, the no run saves really do add up, and you turn it more into a uh, durability, or you try to really maximize and try to get the extra tax on the charge. Yeah. Uh, Ongor Raider, great guy. Uh, so he's got a couple points here. Reading through the book today and something I'm not sure of, can the Spectral Summon's command ability on the Nighthaunt battle trait page be used more than
1: once per turn?
0: Is it just Wait, your on, general that can use it? Sorry?
1: This isn't live, is this? Live? Like, this isn't a live question? Like, yeah, this question ahead of time?
0: Yeah, yes. there goes. This is ahead of time. October
1: 3rd. Oh, Okay. Uh,
0: what's the question again? <laughs> Jesus Christ. <Alex. laughs> reading <Yeah>. through <laughs> reading through the book today, and something I'm not sure <laughs> of. Can Spectral Summons commandability on the Night Haunt battle trait page be used more than once per turn? Is it just your general that can use it? And that is no. All your heroes can use it, right? Because it's a general general commandability for all your characters.
1: No, it's it, the no, answer is commandability no, no and yes. Yeah. No, uh, no first, yes, and yes, second.
3: Yeah, so I'll read it right quick just so everybody knows what it does, because the command ability will answer itself. You can use this command ability at the starting movement phase. If you do so, pick a friendly night haunt unit that's on the battlefield, remove that unit from the battlefield, and then set it up wholly within 12 inches of your general, and more than 9 inches from enemy models. This counts as their move for that movement phase. So only your general can... It's... Uh... You can use it multiple times, but it's on your general, basically. Yeah. So like that's the... The caveat there so like
2: they all have to go to him so.
3: yeah uh and they have to be wholly within 12 inches of him uh which is often the the bigger limiting factor then msu knight haunt obviously changes that some but
0: yeah so then uh the follow-up obviously will help that uh, answer that i was thinking of for example a drip rate haro haro using it on itself to take itself just out of combat and then charging it again to get the attack buff on its worst scroll and another chance of the 10 plus so yeah, he can't use it on himself, but the general can do it for him.
1: Exactly.
0: Right. And then ice, yeah, will. What would be your own personal lift the veil attack? For example, if I showed you the soles of my feet right now, you'd be killed instantly. <laughs> Alex. I
1: like it. What? And why? <laughs> What's going on here? I'm. Um, uh, it's Lady Orlando. I guess a lady Orlando yeah, has
0: has a lift the veil attack. So she lifts her face up yeah. and it does mortal wounds, right? So what yeah. would be your lift the veil attack? Are you just dropping your drawers oh. and putting your dick on the table and that's going to cause mortal <laughs> wounds? Or well, a- I, yeah. mean,
1: like, I think they'd be more impressed, right? Than they would, you know, upset. Instant uh, shock, heart attack. I can't compete. I'm dead. I think that <laughs> honestly in 2020, it wouldn't be that hard to just like show them a news article and just be like, here you go, man.
2: Check out my four oh one K. Oh, check out my medical
1: premiums, dog.
0: <laughs> yeah.
2: You know what Canadian uh, sweet.
1: Yeah, I know. He can't relate because, you know, Canadian healthcare system. Hey. And I'm in the healthcare system, so I'm like, that's fun. That's fine.
0: Price would just show a picture of himself because no one's ever seen it. So That's correct. Uh
3: that's uh, the great benefit of being mysterious at all times.
0: And uh, Jeff would show the interior of his car.
3: Yikes! <laughs>
0: what? That's What's ridiculous. Your li- <laughs> that's it's a good question. That is mean. I like humorous questions. I know
2: that's ridiculous.
0: All right, we'll continue on with the episode. All right, we're, we're going to talk about Nighthawk now. That's it. It's done. We're going to Oh, what
2: are there? No more. Are there no more questions? It's we're forty-five
0: minutes into the episode. We can finally talk about Nighthawk. Yeah. First off. This book is very old, and they haven't gotten an update in a very long time, and they suffer from a lot of old book syndromes of no sub-factions whatsoever, and they really haven't been a very competitive army out of the gates. Uh, personally, I do feel they're starting to kind of, kind of place a little bit with the way they tar pit and control objectives really well. That's just my personal opinion. Uh, another benefit of the army is they're aesthetically one of the most pleasing death armies that you can field. They Army's have so many, period, they are they have amazing. One of They have the most gorgeous model line. Like, mm-hmm. so well done. Uh, I have a knight ar- haunt army myself, and they're just a joy to paint, and they have a lot of character in, in every one of their models. Anyone else wish to contribute to plus and negatives?
3: Um... <laughs> Just a, a quick dive in, uh, they, I think one of the coolest things about them because I kind of refresh myself on them as I wrote my list. One of the things that is really fun about them is they have a lot of kind of neat tricks and stuff like that. Sometimes it feels like maybe they don't completely have the, the backup to make the trick always work. But if you're into armies that kind of play around with movement ideas and have a lot of interesting rules interactions, they can be a really fun army to play as well, so. They
0: have interesting character synergy. Yep. Yeah, they're like, but, cast, right? They can deep strike half their army in the same way. They
2: can. They can. Yeah. They can. Their, their character synergy is interesting, but I also feel like there's a lot of wasted space there.
1: How? How, how is it wasted How?
2: Well, I mean, like, like, there's characters that, like, do some kind of contributing buff element. Like, there's too many buffers, you know? Like, they need to condense some of that, in my opinion, and get rid of some of these choices because there's just too many. There's all these guys that do this one little thing, and then if you take this other guy, he also helps this other dude, and then they work together to do something that's good for the rest of the army. But it's like you got all these – you're spending all these points on these buffing characters – that really most other armies wouldn't have to do that. You know, they have it in some other way. It's either a rule or
0: a character does all of these things. Their heroes so, are fairly cheap.
2: Eh, I would say okay.
0: overall. And my army list has eh, six. I I've maxed out.
2: I don't know. I have, I have four in mine. And uh, I feel like I don't really want to play with less than three. But... No. You know like I actually I took things to make some like one of the characters feel like he does a little bit more um, but we'll, we'll talk about that with the listing, but I don't know I just felt like it was unfortunate that I had to do that you know I would rather have had three and been able to put the points into guys but yeah.
0: Uh, to give a general overview of their allegiance abilities, just to set the topic for everyone else that's going into this, uh, they all get the Aura of Dread, so they subtract one from the bravery of any enemy models within six inches of any of their units, which is really cool. They actually get a lot of um, bravery characteristic debuffs, and they would have been awesome to bring in the mercenary company with the fec, but that's no longer an option. <laughs> uh, Deathless Spirits, you roll dice anytime. It's the same as any uh, death Army is if you're within 12 inches of a general or a friendly knighted hero on a six up, you just ignore wounds. Holy within, holy yeah. Holy within. within, yeah. Age of Sigmar is very holy within for the most part. It depends uh, on what book you look in, yeah. From the Underworlds, they come is what I talked about before. They can set up their army, half of their army outside, and then deep strike them in nine inches away from any enemy models at the end of the movement phase. Uh, Deep Strike is a 40k tactic. Coming in from Reserves is an Age of Sigmar wording. Uh, They feed on Terror, so any, it's, there's a lot of rules you gotta remember. Uh, Each time an enemy unit fails a battle shock test, pick one friendly Nighthaunt hero within six inches of that enemy unit, and you heal a wound to a hero. Uh, Wave of Terror, if you make an unmodified charge roll. This is the big one. This is what separates Nighthaunt from anyone else out there, and it's something that will rarely happen or happen a lot and it just changes the whole dynamic wave of terror if an unmodified charge roll of 10 or better for a friendly night Hunt unit it can fight immediately after it completes its charge move and this is not in the fight phase this is in the charge phase still uh, and then they also then attack again in the fight phase so they are one of the ones when back when activation wars were a big thing they could get around it because this is a charge phase mechanic. Uh, and then their command ability is summons, uh, spectral summons. He uses command ability to start the movement phase. If you do so, pick a friendly night hot unit on the battlefield. Remove that unit from the battlefield. And then set up wholly within 12 inches of your general and more than 9 inches away from enemy model, which we talked about in the viewer questions. It's a really cool thing. Uh, I find this army is actually pretty fast as it is, but there is a ton of movement shenanigans based within this army. Like there is a lot of bonuses about this army. They just overall need a book with updated uh, rules. That's it.
1: Tell me about it,
0: dude. Yeah, <laughs> but they are there's a lot of things that are really appealing about them right out of the gate. Mm-hmm. They just they just need a little love. But uh, Jeff, tell me man. You made a list, you got to deep dive in. into this army and uh, let's let's, Somewhat, let's hear yeah. what you got, man. Okay,
2: well, um, I was originally going to look at um, a list around Lady Allender because she's such an insanely cool model, um, and like I wanted to do her and some Banshees, but uh, my compatriots what? had already started. My compatriots had already started to lean into them and the Banshees, so um, I went a different direction and I picked up. Uh, I'm running two battalions with this army. Uh, The Death Riders, which gives you required to take a black coach, which I know that they have their issues, but uh, they're really awesome looking. (laughs) Um, Two units of Hex Race, which I took two units of 10. Now, Hex Race are basically um, cavalry guys. They have a movement of 12, I believe. Um, Hmm. Hex Race? Yeah.
1: 14.
2: See, the 12, 14, something like that they're they fly. yeah so uh, uh, all, the whole army has fly so well yeah oh, I think so they
1: they have a move over mechanic where when they move over models yes, they give you yeah. mortal wounds oh they shit do. they are 12 oh god damn it ah, ha, ha 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 kiss my ass anyway yeah, so
2: sense. yeah, so uh, they have a 12 inch move they're Going flying you're not down that's true. I'm sorry. You know what? We need. We should link up anyway. Um, ask
1: now, Grandpa. <laughs>
0: <laughs> As he chugs his white claw. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
2: so I have two units, ten Hex That so that is a lot of knights. Um, they do have these scythes, and I think that when they get sixes to hit, they do mortals, which is nice. Um, and then uh, I hit ha- that battalion. Also requires a dreadblade harrow which I gave the Cloak of the Waxing Moon, which uh, makes his Deathless save be on a five. Um, He, part of his buffing synergizes with another one of the characters in another battalion that I took, which is called the Shroud Guard. And that requires two units of 10, or well, two units of Bladegeist Bladegeist Revenants, which I took 10 man units of. Uh, And then the Knight of Shrouds, now you could have also taken Reichen are there, yeah. Um, but I that battalion. Oh, all right. Let me back up a little bit. I'm sorry. The Death Riders part of their advantage. What it does. The reason why you take it is that it gives you plus one of your charging, which is super awesome. And um, it does the double fight on a nine instead of a ten. And um, so that's the reason there, which is pretty valuable. Um, then the the next battalion that I took that I was just starting into was called the Shroud Guard, and it has the two units of Bladegeist Revenants, which are the dudes with the long swords. Um, and they uh, and
0: I, the cool I masks. Did, They're gorgeous models. Yeah,
2: they're one of my favorite models. Oh yeah, um, the Reapers are super awesome, uh, but I didn't end up with any of them unfortunately. But um, the Bladegeist Revenants are really good. Um, I did take two units of ten of them, and I took a Knight of shrouds on the ethereal steed. I ended up making him my general and he has ruler of the spirit host, which um, lets me restore D3 models every command phase, um, which is quite nice, especially in conjunction with those hex wraiths because that's two wounds. It says D3 models returned, so yep. it's not wounds healed. So you put that on the hex race, you're actually getting back two wounds a pop, which is nice. Um, and I gave him Pendant of the Fell Wind, and what that does is units that are, I believe it's wholly within 12, um, get plus three to their movement, which is really gnarly. So like my army is at minimum speed 11. So I am flying right up your ass. This thing, this this list is fast. Um, with the exception of the chain rafts, I think they're a six inch move, but they don't matter. Um, not for that, um, so. Carrying, that's my two battalions, that's two drops there. This list is a five drop, yes, a five drop list, um, which is okay. You know, sometimes I can get first turn if I want it. Um, I So that covers the two battalions. Now that battalion there, the Shroud Guard that I just concluded, its advantage is that it does its deathless save on a five. So I've got all my Blade Geists are deathless thing on a five, along with that Knight of Shrouds is on a five, and my Dreadblade Harrow is also on a five because of the item that I gave him, um, and so, you know, I've got actually quite a bit of stack durability, which is kind of nice, because as we were saying, the entire army has Ethereal, well, almost the entire army, the Chain not but almost the Chain Raston, it's, it's a five, I'm yeah. sorry, it's a five instead of a four, um, yeah. so... We got gotcha. This whole this whole army has got a four plus save, an unmodifiable four plus save, and then about half of it follows it up with a five plus to ignore the damage. So it's actually quite annoying to get rid of, which is good. Um, and then I've got a big twenty man blob of rests that's primarily to screen initially, and you know then go hold an objective and just be annoying They're not, I don't expect anything from them other than to prevent an annoying uh, charge into an asset early um then i've got a a spirit torment and he synergizes well with um the blade geists i believe and the knight of the shrouds from that battalion synergizes with the dread harrow like the dread harrow gets a bonus to his wounding if he's within range of the knight of shrouds so they work together they're like a team and then the spirit torment
0: Sorry, uh, Jeff, is he, he is he on foot or mounted?
2: The Knight of Shrouds? Yeah. Yes, he's on the Ethereal Steed. Yeah, I paid so the answer points for him.
0: He gets the command yeah. ability where he gets to add attack characteristic to it. Yes,
2: team. the reason huge. why I really wanted... The reason why I went with him there instead of Raikonor, because really I don't super care about the rerolling rolling or the, the buffing wounding on the character on the first attachment or the first uh, battalion, rather. But... His command ability for plus one attack is extremely good. So I was like, "Mm, I don't want to not take that. So I went on ahead and put him in there and I was like, hey, he works with this guy. Great. Um, The spirit torment rerolls ones for friendly units. And unfortunately, like he was kind of one of those guys. It's like, well, that's neat, but he doesn't really do much else. Um, I gave him the midnight tome. So now he's a level one wizard and uh, then i did in fact take reiknor and he's like going to be like a almost like a distraction carnifex and he's also a wizard um, and he will just kind of like fly at people and harass them and he is pretty powerful so
0: yeah he's one of the fair uh, one of the rare wizards in the whole book that can get bonuses to cast yes Honestly. he can he can hurt
2: either himself or an enemy model within 12 do one mm. mortal and if he yeah. does he gets a buff to his cast if he hurts himself it's plus three if he hurts an enemy it's plus
0: one it's big it's a big buff yeah. especially yeah. with so- Seraphon. everyone else <laughs>
1: Yeah. Reckonor, Reckonor to me seems like a must-have for any Night Hunt list. And like you know, I used to do really good with Night Hunt before it got kind of like overshadowed. So I got to tell you, Reckonor is absolutely always a must. And like you can bring him the Shroud Guard, you can make him out of the Shroud Guard. It doesn't matter. Just still always yeah. bring him because yeah, he has these corpse candles. The model has corpse candles. He is a. <laughs> I love how the Night Hunt actually has my some of my favorite fluff because it's purely like uh, Zanastrian. Um, uh, it's an Astrian slash fucking uh, Dante's Inferno like style thing like what you are in life is a projection of what you are in death under Nagash and so like Raikonur is a li- uh, realm of life wizard who like tried to cheat death and now he's like his personal assassin now so it's like, yeah. Aha. but um, yeah. yeah, so he's got these corpse candles. He can either do a mortal wound to an enemy unit within 12 inches, which is great because you don't do anything. You just point and click. You go that unit takes a mortal wound. So when you have a character that's down to like yep. one wound, you're like, fuck you in particular. And, uh, you're and, then, dead. <laughs> and then he becomes plus one to cast or yeah. he does one mortal wound to himself, which is what you want to do. And it's a wound. It's not, he has to fully like, he has to suffer the wound but he still can six up death save it. So yep. you roll a wound, he potentially either takes it or doesn't take it. He's probably going to take it. Goes from seven wounds down to six and then you're plus three to cast, which goes yep. into what my list will be in a second. But he is oh, also okay. semi monstrous in combat. It's just, he needs, he can't be in, so he can't solo it with a, a hero. He has to,
2: no, maybe a, a support so, hero
1: fully, but mm, Yeah,
2: else. like he's going to be the kind of guy that I'm going to send after like the squad that's holding an objective by themselves and so like he doesn't for me he's not going to operate with the rest with the exception of the fact that I gave him the spell soul cage
1: Great so the,
2: the principle there what I'm going to do is um, I'm going to what soul cage does is yes. doesn't allow an enemy unit to retreat and it also makes them go last after all other possible attackers, I believe. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, yeah, I, I, that, I may be way. screwing up the wording a little bit, but that is mm-hmm. the principle of what it does. That spell, and also I believe it casts on a four, which is insanely good. Six. Oh. It, it's uh, uh, either a four or a six. It doesn't
1: matter. It's a six. But, it's either a seven. It's a six. Or a, a four if he takes his own mortal wound because he's supposed to the cast. Right. Or 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 6 if he doesn't I thought it was ready. base 4
2: but it doesn't matter. Either base way, six. it's it's a pretty easy spell <laughs> to cast. It doesn't matter, it's moot. Carry on. Um, <laughs> it's it's a really good spell and um, I wanted to have that in there. You can kind of I'm going to kind of tweak the spirit of torment spell to to taste. I haven't chosen it yet, but the soul cage is really the one that I I really want to. That's 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 going to be there. Um, and so other than that spell where he might interact with the greater horde of dudes, because that's where I'm going to, you know, you obviously put that on a unit that's on a target that's going to be the linchpin of your victory. Uh, and then other than that, and it, you only have to be within 12, so he can still kind of do his role and, on the side of the action and hit that unit and then carry on. But uh, yeah, that's, that's your army. This, it's very fast. Um, and it actually does quite a bit of um, Mortal Wound generation, and it has nice horde stuff because against a lot of these units, with the they re-roll their hits against units that have five or more models. So um, they will do a good job at handling hordes. I can boost my attacks. Um, there's a decent amount of AP1 or rent 1 in there, so
0: they're not bad. It's a pretty yeah. cool army. It looks I fun. Mean, it looks fun. It, it's super durable. It's super fast. Yeah, uh, the, it's it's your whole army fast is
2: and surprisingly hard to kill. Yeah. Your whole and army you, you is four that? up save. Do you, you have a list
1: that you can post in the chat? I'm very curious about that.
2: Um, I I do. I will. I posted it in our little in our our little internal chat for us to review. But
0: um, oh, there's not enough room for that big dick. <laughs> I'll put it in the group
2: chat once we're done here because yeah, it's, but on, it's my on my phone. phone. Saving half
0: of the wounds and then getting a five up on top of that is huge durability. And yeah, It's going
2: to keep these guys alive, and I can heal them for free. Yep. Everything's coming back. Which is just, it's so fucking annoying. I mean, like this list is just going to drive people up a wall. It's quite nice. Cool. And being plus one to charge on these things that are going to be doing mortals, I mean, and being able to get some rerolls in there, uh,
0: it's cool. It's fun. Yeah, sweet, Alex. All right, you're talking the most. Uh, why don't you talk about the list that you're going to bring forward and price rip them apart?
1: Well, okay, I got to preface this on: <laughs> I am the night player, right? Um, if I'm going to be my big dick, I got to have that personality. So, like two years in a row, I got best night hunt. Uh, three years in a row, actually, at best night hunt. Um, uh, best death, two of those times. Um, got stolen out by Bill Sousa one time for best effort. It was goddamn fact. Um, but you know, with with Night Hunt, uh, I have a lot of experience with them. They are kind of like my babies. Granted, I don't play them right now for a few very different reasons. Uh, very good reasons. They are very so from the get go. They were not a tier one army. They were maybe a tier three army, probably lower. And right now, they're kind of in the middle still. Right. Um, I'm a big fan of them because I don't like playing stuff. That's like outwardly, like obtusely OP. Right. And I like playing stuff where it's like, Oh, you have to actually play very smart with this army granted, like on face value. I, <laughs> I seem like I don't play very smart. So uh, you got to play very cagey with shit. Right. You got to play night hunt, incredibly cagey. Like that is their whole mechanic is playing cagey. If you're not playing cagey, you're either going to lose or, just gonna have to hope the god that your opponent doesn't know what he's doing which like is a bit of a crapshoot there so um with night haunt yeah you're fully right um you know between deathless minions and being able to deep strike from the underworld and being able to um you know uh, basically fish for 10-up charges always super helpful especially since it's an unmodified 10-up so it's like super less likely that it's going to be something crazy with the pluses to charge but still you know, being able to do these types of wave of terror, um, uh, uh teleporting all around, stuff like that, super duper helpful. Um as we talked about Rikonor, absolute must have. Uh being able to have him be uh an again, Soul Cage, like uh like he said, best spell you would give to Rikenor. He himself has his own personal spell, which is super helpful as well. It's called rage yep. Storm. Um, It is, uh, you do pick an enemy unit within 12 inches. It's casting value seven. So it's just going to be, it's going to be as much as most of the other spells he's going to try to attempt to cast anyways. Um, It does D3 mortal wounds in enemy unit. If it kills any models, it does an additional D3 mortal wound. So on like one wound models, it's an easy way to do two to six mortal wounds pretty quickly. So it's pretty helpful, um, especially two wound model units too. It's not hard to, you know, just do, it's a 50% chance to kill one and then 50% chance to kill another. I would call that a win. You kill one, two models, maybe even three if you're lucky. That sounds yep. wonderful. Um, so there's that looking at the, you know, looking at what you know, Reikinar again cannot hold a lot against other units. And once effect came out, it became very hard for for Night to really do well because you could just easily bring, you know, as effect as players like to do. I I, I th- when when I um last played Night I had to play incredibly cagey with effect players. You had to hit. It, it's all about like like. Charging into a, the wrong angle for your opponent to be charged at, and then also like consolidating into a certain area and being very like, like making sure that your opponent is in the worst possible position for themselves, even if they put themselves in the best position. So you have to play, you, you kind of have to play like Galaxy Brain Forty Chess with Nihon. I feel, and and like that's the only time I ever play smart. I guess is with Nihon. <laughs> Otherwise, it's not. But it's 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 really hard to play them right now too. So with the amount of shooting that KO has, which I don't know if you guys have checked, but like recently the meta breakdown from like AOS shorts, he showed like KO is like winning everything right now. Uh-huh. And, and you know, it was like KO is winning five events. Seraphon was winning three. And then like OBR had like one event and then everything else was like rando shit. So um. Night Hunt's in a rough spot. Uh, in the list, I actually brought—I I made two lists. Dayton, is it okay if I share both of them? Oh my God, Price, you still there?
0: Yep. Okay. He fell asleep <laughs> and died. <That's> hey, he's <laughs> asked for me to be on. I'm gonna <laughs> be if, on. If Price isn't paying attention, our listeners are paying attention.
2: <laughs> no, so yeah, honestly, I love the out. energy. The guy clearly loves Night Hunt, which is—I like Night Hunt,
1: nice. but it's just—I can't There's bring myself to run that. him right now. I'm not okay. First of all, first of all, preface everything. Legion of Grief is for tryhards. Don't do it. It's bad. We're not
0: talking to grief.
1: I know. But it might, be, it might be legal again. Don't do it. Don't do it. Um, I'm going to post the first list here. In, so I'm going to post the first list into Zoom so you guys can see it. I'm going to explain it in a second. Um, this is actually a variation of my... Um, this is a variation of my SoCal Open list. I got second place at SoCal Open this last year. You guys can just fucking throw something out there and guess who won first. Didn't play him, so you can just guess who it was. <laughs> it was Jeremy. Yeah. But uh, yeah. So, so guys, here's second the thing Alex
0: always loses to Jeremy.
1: All right, but I didn't play him. I just not happened always. to you not always, you always lose
0: just. to Jeremy.
1: Okay. Well, you should have seen how that game with his, uh, well, not the last game with his, uh, his luminous, but the game before that. He tabled me and I beat him, so I was happy with that. But, uh, so this is a variation of my SoCal open list because points have changed. Um, this is a Dreadblade Harrow as a general. I always bring the Dreadblade Harrow as a general. Now you might normally say, hey, wait a second, he's one of the weakest characters in the, coda, in the battle town. Yes, he is one of the weakest characters in the battle town. He has only five wounds. He's got that four up save. Um, he's okay in combat. If he makes a charge, he's extra damage. If he gets charged, he's got an extra attack. For his sword, uh, and it's one damage instead of two. Um, he's not all that great, but you have to think about synergy. Nighthaunt is all about synergy, right? Um, he's got Commander, uh, Ruler of the Spirit Host. I know that uh, you know we talked about in the, in the list that you guys had just mentioned previously, Ruler of Spectral Host, or real, Ruler of the Spirit Host was the command trait. That is the best command trait overall to bring for a haunt hero. I Those, agree. The other ones don't matter.
2: What? No, no, not at all.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and then I give him Midnight Tome with Soul Cage. Uh, I do bring Rikinor with Soul Cage as well. I actually double up on Soul Cage. I you can. There's something to be said about giving one. Not a bad special, idea. Yeah, not a bad idea at all. Uh, there's something to be said about bringing Tradeblade Haro with Spectral Tether instead, but you know, so he can heal himself. But it really just depends. Um, I then bring a Spirit Torment with, uh, you can actually ignore the artifact because that's in the second list that I wanted to share with you guys. But, um, so it's just a regular one-off spirit torment. Uh, a Guardian of Souls and Night-ter- Nightmare Lantern. Uh, he's got Shade Mist, so he's got a bubble of minus one to wound whole with, for enemy units that are attacking units wholly within 12 of him, which are of it, and, uh, and, and I always, um, I always give it to my, my Nightmare Lantern because of a certain combo that I'll explain right now. Um, then uh, he, I give him the Witchlight Lantern, which is plus one to cast. Super duper helpful for, for any sort of spell that you wanna cast, like Shade Mist in particular. Or if you wanna start bringing a bunch of models back, summonable mod- models back to say a uh, you know a Revenant unit or a Treadblade Harrow unit or something, or not not, not dreadblade Harrow, but a herodin unit, then that's the way to go. And then I actually bring, uh, Lady Oleander with the, with, with the whole fact of you can see is my last thing there. I have 60 points for a Karen Wraith. That is literally because I had 60 points to spare because the, the list used to be in 1990 and it has gone down from 1990 to 1940 and I didn't know what to do with it. So, Hey, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm another character here. Right? So this is the the only variation of this list is add, add a fucking Karen Wraith. That being said, uh, three units of 10 chain rasp horde. It's going to be hard for better part of valor, but you're just going to have to grin and bear it. I have I, my, the second list I did want to share, if, if, if it's okay, is going to be one that is based around what I would now make as a list, not necessarily this one, but this is still a very, what I consider to be a very solid night hunt list. Um, I then have in this list the three units of 10 chain rasp horde for battle line. Uh, I have the um, um, Shroud Guard Battalion with a unit of 20 and a unit of 10 Blade Guest revenants, Retreat and Charge. Raikonur is a part of the list. Raikonur is usually with the 20-man unit, and then the 10-man unit is usually with the Spirit Torment in the Underworld to Deep Strike and Charge. Uh, we then have 20 Dread Scythe Herodons. And I cannot tell you guys how many people I know who are just like, Dread are really, really bad. Those people are wrong. That unit is 80 points yeah. for five what they do is great. They are still the minus one to hit or minus one bravery within six. They do, um, you know, they, they do extra damage, uh, potentially, and they have three wounds, uh, three attacks each leader has four. If you're fighting like a destruction army, um, or, or or certain other armies, like cities of Sigmar and stuff, like you are almost always making them minus one bravery, uh, or, or minus one to hit because you b- reduce them to five bravery or less. That's great. You know, if it's less than six bravery, they get, that you are minus one to hit within three inches. Beasts of Chaos, Cities of Sigmar, um, certain, other, certain other armies, you just start like wrecking shit, right? Uh, and you can buff them. So I always keep them with the Guardian of Souls. Uh, you then have Endless Spell. Uh, you, you, I always get a point for an extra command point, especially right now. And uh, then I have the cogs. Cogs are helpful. Maybe Lady O gets an extra cast. Maybe the, the you know, or, or she gets a reroll failed saves. Maybe uh, or ideally you wait, you cast it turn one, you give Raikonor uh, a wound on himself, whether he saves it or not, he ends up having to cast Cogs on a four like, like we talked about earlier um, and then you slow down time. And then on the appropriate turn to speed up time, you speed shit up and you deep strike a bunch of stuff. In addition to that, you wanna save your command points in this army, use no command points until it's the time to strike. Then you use the Dreadblade Harrow, you teleport him across the board, you bring as many units with uh, to him as possible, and then you strike in the appropriate area. That's what I used to do. And with this list, prior to the General's Handbook, the Aether Court brooch was the relic that he had, because then I would just use a command point and potentially refund it on a five up, and then use it. Uh, so I would bring a unit to him, then on a five up, I bring another unit to him, and then on a five-up, I bring another unit to him. So if you roll hot, your entire army is teleported across the board with the Dreadblade Haro, completely surrounding him, and then charging the enemy line. In addition to the ten uh, 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 revenants with the Spirit Torment that are just going nuts too. Um, it's 113 wounds, two command points. This is a little bit of a variation because you don't have the um, the the uh, the court brooch, but this is my old one. What do do you guys think of this one?
3: Yeah, I mean, I dig it. It's, uh, I think obviously the changes to command points, uh, not being able to buy more and having far less access to refunding makes it a little bit tougher to play like the full-blown kind of pop-up ambush. But I think that it catches people out a lot. Uh, We have a guy in our local who played a lot of Nighthawk for a while and he played something probably not quite as like dialed in as this, but similar in concept as far as like Dreadblade Harrow pops up and then you're multi-charging or not multi-charging, but you're charging with several different units, possibly re-rolls and stuff. Uh, and I think that it is deceptively effective as far as you're, you'll get caught out real fast. Like you can get a whole bunch of your shit that you really didn't want to get charged, charged in a turn and find yourself in a position you didn't want to be in. So I, I like it because I think it plays to what Night Hunt does really well, which is moving around and taking opponents kind of out of out of sorts.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: You did yeah. not have any. You did not have any battalions in there, right? I did. I had the Shroud Guard. Okay, with, same one with Reiki. Right. Okay. Okay. Yeah.
1: And then I have the second list here. And this one is, I'm a little less enthused, but it's going to have to be something that exists now. And, and it's a lot simpler. It's way less, or it's not way less wounds. It's not, uh, actually, it is. It's 19 less wounds. And um, it's a treadblade Harrow with the same ruler of the spirit uh, host, Soul Cage, General, or uh, with, with Midnight Telm, Raikonor, Soul Cage. Um, Kerdos. What? Kurdos. Yeah. Okay. So, so uh, for the record, in my previous list, uh, Lady O had Reaping Scythe. Uh, it's super easy to cast because it literally casts on a four, and you can make one of one of the bear's weapons. We roll all failed hits and all failed wounds. Three attacks with d3 damage at minus two rend. You always make it her staff, um, so that's always really fun. Um, so this one doesn't have Lady O. Instead, it does have Kurdos the Craven King, um, and then it's got the Guardian of Souls, and then it actually has. Pardon me, does it have one Spirit Torment or two? It's only one. Yeah, it's only one Spirit Torment. Um, no. Oh no, it's two Spirit Torments. Yeah, 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 one at the end. Yeah, so there's two Spirit Torments. Uh, one of them has the Pendant of the Fell Wind. Uh, then there's the, there's three artifacts. Then there's a Witchlight Lantern on the uh, Guardian of Souls. Uh, Pendant of the Fell Wind is very situational, but it's, it's the best I could get. It's either that or like make myself shyish and reroll ones to saves or something. Um, the pendant the, is
2: the one that gives plus three move, by the way.
1: Yes. If you're within distance of the, uh, the, uh, character that has started yeah, the movement yeah. phase. Yeah. yeah. Um, then, uh, and, and, you know, spirit torment, spirit torment are really interesting. Uh, with the lack of, with the lack of, uh, storm cast, you're going to see a lot less use of them, but you know, at any moment, Games Workshop can make a new Unleash Another Chamber and you're going to see plenty more Stormcast, but the way that Spirit Torment work is that if any enemy models at the end of every single Battleshock phase, so 10 times throughout a five uh, turn game, at the end of the Battleshock phase, if at least 10 of your non Night haunt enemy models died, you bring back D3 wounds or heal D3 wounds to a unit within six inches of the spirit torment. A friendly unit within six inches. If it's a solid war unit, you bring back D3 models, basically. So D3 revenants, D3 blade gas revenants, or, or yeah, revenants, uh, uh, chain gas or not chain gas, um, chain gas yes, but you would need a real roll of three or four or or better. Um, essentially. As long as it's a summonable unit, you could potentially bring things back or you can heal an HQ or whatever. Um, if it's Stormcast, you don't even roll. It's just a flat three. It's like new yeah. attempt to just like steal from Sigmar. So that's super helpful. And in this type of attrition game that we are now in, uh, even more of an attrition game and how hard night hunt is to like, keep alive and keep there, two spirit Torments are super clutch. Um, but then we also have the Dolores Guard for that same reason. So uh, that's the second battalion in addition to the Shroud Guard. It's one unit of 10 chain rats rather than two, three units of 10. And then the other two battle line are two units of five hex rates. Now, I got to say, playing Soros Guard for um, 200 points for 10 of them, uh, playing or 100 points for five, playing an uh, OBR and seeing that Klavos Death Riders are 180 for five, and then seeing that these guys are 140 for five. Um, Hex rates need a dramatic point to de- decrease. Um, they are not in as bad a place as uh, as Blood Knights, so that's fun. That's good, but these guys don't do that much. They move 12 inches, like we talked about earlier. They have a four up, uh, four ethereal uh, uh, save. They can move over things and do mortal wounds, but they have what, like two attacks, hitting on fives, wounding on fours that do no or what, no rend, one damage. And then they do- The horses do, yeah. Yeah, the horses, the horses do. Are- right? And then you can do mortal wounds on, you know, with the, the two or three attacks from the Scythe, but it's like, it's nothing really to write home about. But the problem is you don't bring them for, the, for scoring, or you can potentially bring them for scoring. You bring them for protection, especially right now, because in KO, or in the era of KO, in the era of uh, potentially catapults, despite me, you know, you guys, I don't have to share my opinion. I've shared it already here uh, about about uh, Mortech Crawlers. Uh, Cities of Sigmar, then th- the list goes on, frankly. Um, Bastilladons, you know, whatever. You wanna try to protect your weak-ass characters from shooting attacks. And Nighthaunt has some very particularly weak-ass characters. So being able to have a two-up, you know, basically bodyguard is super important. And Dolores Guard do exactly that. If you're within three inches, if you're you're a character within three inches of the Dolores Guard, you basically transfer the attacks back over to the Dolores Guard instead of the characters in particular. So there you go. That's all you need, right? Like, you just keep your shit alive at least by, what, like one or two turns?
0: Yeah. Yeah. (laughs)
1: I don't Magic. know. I mean,
2: <laughs> I think you're being a little hard on the, the hex race. They're very fast. Um, they're a good target for the plus one attack. If you can get some rerolls to hits there, the sixes do mortal wounds, which is nice. Um, and I think they do have a natural rend, a one point rend on their attacks. They're,
1: run, they're one rend. Yeah, I mean, they're is, okay. You want to keep the Dreadblade Harrow alive. And the Dreadblade Harrow is kind of like the linchpin of both of these lists because he can teleport and then bring the whole army with him, basically. So you can basically, if you have things in the underworld, you can bring them wherever you want, supported by a hero. Then you can bring the, uh, everything else that's on the table currently can then also deep strike. So potentially turn one, you could have nothing in your deployment zone besides like one thing that needs to hold it. And then everything else can be in your opponent's face or in an engagement range in all the worst possible areas for your opponent to be like, yeah. oh, shit, I have to pile in and I only get one attack. This sucks. I need to, like, retreat or something. Yeah.
3: Well, uh-huh. and talking about, uh, talking about KO, right, that this list does something similar in the respect that, like, one of the things about KO that's sort of very consistently difficult to play against is they can – they're not an army that once they pop up, they stop moving. And so you yeah. don't get to screen them for a turn – you have to consistently screen them out like across the table because otherwise they pop up and they move. And this army does the same thing, right? Your opponent's forced to make decisions at a, a consistent uh, game-wide basis of, if I move away from this spot or if I move, if I'm not careful about my gap control in corners and stuff like that, you can open up yeah. a lot of holes. And I think that you can force your opponent into pinning his own ears back when... You know, it might not be to his best interest, but he feels like he has to, or else he's going to get surrounded.
2: Yeah, yeah. That's one thing that's nice is these armies can um, can relocate and hit you where you're where it hurts for sure. all the time. So it's it's actually quite annoying to play against. Like you always have to, if you turn if you if you drop your shields, you're gonna you have to prepare to be punished for it.
1: Yeah.
0: Sweet. Thanks, Alex, for that super in-depth night hunt, and this is the reason why we brought you on. You know this army better than any of us, and we just are... Whoa.
1: Whoa. (laughs) I'm looking at your list right now.
0: Yeah, so I thought I'd jump in there and let Price finish things off, because his voice is way better than mine, so it's good to finish with a strong point. Uh, (laughs) So this is a list that's... I've actually run it a few times in tournaments, and it did... it was kind of fun to play before, and I feel it might have a place a little bit now. Uh, this is not, you're not winning tournaments, but you are going to win some games with it just because people are not prepared to dredge through this many refunding wounds, like rebuilding wounds. Uh, so, for the leaders, we got Lady Orlander because she's awesome. Uh, she is a huge mortal wound generation, and for sniping a character that gets too close, she is awesome for that. We got two Guardians of Souls. Uh, one with the Witch Light Lantern for extra uh, summons. Bringing back guys. And then uh, the other, Guardian of Souls, has the Midnight Tomb. If that's already on a caster, you just just to cast additional spell, which is big. Uh, the General will be the Knight on Shrouds on the mount. And he'll have the Ruler, Ruler of the Spirit House, which just allows him to bring back more guys. And then two Dreadblade Horrors. For the uh, deep stacking, move around shenanigans that you want to be playing, and always make your opponent have to commit some sort of back reserve commitment to their objectives, or else they're going to lose them to the dreadbreed horrors, because they are just so good at jumping wherever you want, and they're small. They they take a little bit of commitment to actually get rid of them, and they're always a thought. Like you can't just have ten skinks or something like that. Guardian objective because he will go in there and actually do some work yeah. uh, for my battle lines uh, this is where the tar pit begins so I got 240 units of chain rest hordes and then I got 130 unit of Grimgrass Reapers uh, the worst gold battalion that I went with that was the chain guard and that just allows the uh, Guardian of Souls to refund more guys back to the units uh, so the whole idea behind it is each one of the Guardian of Souls babysits a unit of Chain Hordes as they push up. And their whole reason for existence is to tar pit the big threatening units and hold them in place. Uh, the Grimgrass Reaper with the Knight of Shrouds is going to be your move around and take out a unit that you feel is the biggest threat to your army. And they move fast. They can move over all their screens, yeah. and then they want to hit something that is devastating to your army because they pack a huge punch, and especially against horde armies. Something that has a lot of units. Once those chain rests start getting the reroll, of the hits, it they blender. Uh, there's a reason why death guard or death in general always like to bring green grass reapers and ally them in, and the reason why their points went up is because they are still a devastating unit. Um. I got a couple of endless spells. I bought the soul shackles, snares, or so soul, share snackles. whatever that. Mm, the snackles. I want a snackle. Yeah, <laughs> <The snackles. laughs> I want a snackle. Anyways, the the, the sh- I got the shackles or more movement <laughs> shenanigans of shutting people down because the whole idea behind this list is you're going to tie things up, but there's going to be a lot of other elements to the army that potentially could move around what you got going on. So that's where you want to block them up with that endless spell. And it's, you look, if you fluke out, you get some mortal wounds, but at the most part you're having their movement and it's three units to that endless spell and it can really block up charge lanes. And then I got the purple sun, which would be a new addition. I didn't run that before, but I think it'd be, once you're targeting, it's really nice to stick that behind whatever you're tarping and just start hitting them from behind with it. And then you got Lady Orlando who's going to be sitting behind it all and just sniping what she needs to go after. Uh, It's a lot of wounds in this army. It's, what is it, 143 wounds to this whole army and it regenerates quite a bit. Um, I mean, the chain rests are not the best. They're on a 5-up save, but there's enough wounds there that they can start doing well, and you always want to make sure you're within that 12 inches of your um, of your guardian A character. Of souls. Yeah, your guardian of souls to get those extra saves on them. And I won games like I think the closest game I effect knocked the boots off me because it was just too many wounds at the time. They've since been fact since then. But um, I played against the stormcast guy and the dracoloth, like his big celestial dragon, just was like three turns to chew through those 40. Wow. And it was I'm surprised he killed him. I'm well, surprised he killed him. I didn't. He did eventually kill him, of course. But he, by then, his whole army was committed to that one side, and I was able to grab the objectives. And yeah. yeah, super fun game. Like I had people like watching the game. Like everyone was finishing early, and they came over to watch the game. This was in Spokane, there, Alex. And it was just, it was it was just a really good game. And it came right down the last wire, and I got the objective that I needed, and I ended so- up winning the game.
1: I'm curious. I'm curious. Um, in that mission, you you fought against a Star Drake, Ben. Yep. Um, he can choose a model, and then kill the model if he eats it, which means he has to yep. roll above its wound characteristic. Right. And it's just like a thing. Did he do that against you? Uh, he can he actually
2: won. do it three times. It's not. Just he can. But he can choose.
1: Yeah. So the reason why I say that is because chain raps are bravery six, but they're bravery ten if they have a leader and I have definitely fought against Stardrakes uh, star Drake's, Marathi, anything else so they can choose a model to die. And there, and whenever I fought against my night hunt or when I used my night hunt, they were like, Oh, the, whatever the, the, um, I forgot the name of the, the squad leader for chain, uh, chain gas, but he's yeah. like, oh, yeah. that guy who makes you bravery 10, he's dead.
2: Well, the star Trek can only do that with two models within three. So if you just stay away, he can't get you.
1: Yeah, the forty-man unit ha- It's forty-man unit is big enough where the guys just like. You
2: can care. easily put him outside of three and still be in coherency. Or on.
1: frankly, the player could also just not pay attention.
2: Yeah. Also
0: true. Yeah. 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 yeah
1: but that but
3: is, it, is a chain rasp danger? Is single model assassination can fuck your bravery.
0: Yeah, but yeah. super yeah. fun army. I think it's you're playing the objective game. You're not playing to kill the army. Uh, you do have a couple of units that can do that. Uh, yeah. So, uh, like I said, gorgeous army to play with. Super fun to see it across the table. People love playing against them. And yeah. if you're showing up in the tournament with Night Haunt, it's you're, you're going to get conversations about it. It's super fun. And yeah, I won't take up too much time because goddamn Alex took it all. Bryce, take it away.
2: Hey. Uh, hey, yes. hey, hey, hey. He did what we asked him to do. I think that's totally fine.
3: Uh, I'll dive into this one. Uh, I call this list uh, probably too smart for its own good. Uh, it does a lot of neat things, but I don't know that it does anything well enough that it's actually going to blow you away. But I think it's a lot of fun to play with, and I think it plays with some interesting pieces of Night Haunt. So I'll run through the list really quickly. Uh, there's going to be some common threads here that you'll see. Dreadblade Harrow, who's the general ruler spirit host, actually took the artifact as Slitter. It's a magic weapon that they have, talking about, you know, we're talking about the power of killing single bottles. Uh, Slitter says after picking the bearer to fight before they pile in, uh, you can pick one enemy model within one inch of the bearer and roll a dice. If the roll is greater than the model's wound characteristic, it is slain. And I think that there is a lot of really nasty stuff you can do to mess with people who chain out, or even kill uh, a, like a Stormcast outright because you literally need to roll uh, three or more. So I think it's kind of a nasty little artifact. Um, that you can play some neat tricks on your opponent with. Um, but going into the rest of the list, I've got Lady Lender. Uh, I took Spectral Tether on her. I think there's some other spells that work equally well there. It just kind of depends on what you want to do. Uh, Ragnor the Grimhaler, as he's been talked about several times. You guys know what he does. I took Soul Cage. We've talked about it. It's a great spell. It's really impactful. Uh, Guardian Souls with Nightmare Lantern. I went pinned in the Fell Wind and then Shade Mist. Similar to what Alex talked about, it's a kind of a key piece. Lets you make units more durable. Uh, I took a Spirit of Torment and then two Chain Gasts that go a unit of Chain Gasts that'll hang out, uh, kind of you know in association with him. And then I also took the Briar Queen in my list, which she is the Nightfall uh, yeah, awesome. or Underworld's Warband. The reason that I took her particularly is I like her spell a great deal. So her good. spell is Howling Vortex, cast on a seven. So a, a challenging cast, but uh, if the you pick a unit within 18 inches, or sorry, pick a point on the battlefield at 18 inches of the cast, it's visible to them, and you roll 2d6 uh, for each enemy unit within six inches of the point. If the roll is greater than the value of the unit's movement characteristic or it includes a double, the unit suffers one mortal wound, and more importantly, its move characteristic is halved until the caster's next hero phase. So it's another way to slow down your opponent. I want to keep my opponent in place as much as I can with this list. We'll get into the why of that as we go on. My units are a unit of 20 Chain Rast, a unit of 10 Chain Rast. I did take Grimgas Reapers. I don't know that they're as amazing in the current meta, but I like the models a lot and they can still put out some pretty respectable damage. Mm -hmm. I went with two units of five Blade Guys Revenants, basically uh, alluding to the first question. One of the questions we got asked tonight about multiple small units versus large units. I went with multiple small units to try and trigger some extra wave of terror attacks. They're good for bullying smaller units and stuff like that. Uh, And then I have the Thorns of the Briar Queen, which go with the Briar Queen. Uh, I have a Black Coach, and then I have the Shroud Guard Battalion. Uh, And then in endless spells and command points, I took an extra command point. I agree with Alex 100%, I think, with this army. You want to take that extra command point every time you can, because there's a lot of cool command abilities that Nighthaunt get. Uh, Or just fucking fishing for Wave of Terror charges if you've got nothing else to do with them, though, that is pretty rare. Uh, And then I took Purple Sun and Soul Snare Shackles, similar to Dayton's list. But the idea here, the way I wrote this list, there's a, a lot of small pieces, a lot of things that can tie up things, get in the way of things. What I want to do is I want to slow down a unit, I want to soul snare a unit, and I just want to blast stuff with purple, the Purple Sun. Uh, the idea being that nor is a great Purple Sun caster because he can get the plus three to cast. He can fire it out. And uh, with this army, you can then take yourself away from the Purple Sun because you have a lot of mobility. You have the ability to, to get away from things with the Dreadblade Harrow, teleporting, and then teleporting units to you. And so the idea is I have lots of small units that can contest objectives, they can get in the way, uh, a fairly decent sort of center ball with Lady Alender, the guardian of souls, a spirit of torment and the chain rafts who can kind of form a pretty Mm -hmm. in the world of the anvils that we're dealing with today in Age of Sigmar, maybe not the most impressive anvil, but at least a, a respectable rejuvenating and fairly decent output anvil there. Uh, and then a lot of tools to take your opponent off guard to pick off his smaller units as support. And then basically just try and eat his ass with purple sun uh, and not eating ass in the good way that we do it in 2020, but like <laughs> the, the bad way where he uh, has a bad day. Um, but yeah, that's the list. I think it would be a lot of fun to play. Uh, I don't, i I'm just being very honest. It's something I think is really cool in theory. I don't play a lot of night haunt, so I'd have to test it and see a lot of things. Uh, but it's a chance to a use Purple Sun, which is an awesome model, uh, and b just a chance to play with like a really bouncy, uh, Trixie Hobbit type Night haunt list, which I think is a lot of fun to play with.
0: Yeah, so. yeah, it's super cool. I mean, no one plays a lot of Night haunts, so don't worry about that price. It's no,
1: fine. I mean they play. Yeah, I mean like having the having the white dwarf battalions be legal again is pretty important. Yep. for the current meta, the current, like, kind of shooting meta, but still. I mean, Legion of Grief is technically legal again as well, but you got to, don't, don't, don't do that. Don't yeah, disrespect they just, they company.
0: just, they just want a
1: tournament, too. That's fine, but, like, love yourself and <laughs> don't run Legion of Grief.
3: <laughs> but, uh, that one benefit to Nighthawn, just on a side note, is they're very affordable as a general rule because they're in lots and lots of starter sets, so you can find lots of ways to get your hands on those models at not uh, a huge impact to your pocketbooks. So
2: they're gorgeous. gorgeous; they, they are, are gorgeous.
3: amazing models. Yeah,
2: good. I wanted to reiterate; they look so awesome. I mean, they're easy to get into because they look amazing.
1: Yeah, and you can great. you
0: can quick paint them, or you can spend time into them. They they adapt really well to it, being the whole ghost theme. Yeah, yep.
1: I agree. Uh, my favorite one was there was a Warhammer community guy who brought, who made like, um, like Venice, like a renaissance ghosts? And um, their dreadblade horror was like a, uh, um, like a little like boat dude. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? It's French. I don't know. Maybe Dayton will know.
0: <laughs> Jesus.
1: A gondola, gondola. <laughs> gondola. Uh, it was like a gondola dude who was just like a floating like death gondola thing. It was pretty tight, but they had like all sorts of different, like explicitly like carnival, style
3: yeah. yeah i remember yeah. seeing that when it was on warhammer community maybe at one point yep. if not I, I saw it somewhere else but it was a gorgeous army uh it was not on instagram
1: nope. yeah it was awesome
3: yeah i do mm-hmm. remember that one mm-hmm.
0: sweet all right man this has been a long episode uh Ooh. which has been super fun though always good to see big dick alex back on the show for his second time we haven't even been here in a year and he's already been on the show twice congratulations yes Jacob I did it before be you did. One. Nope, Jacob Friends did it. <laughs> Jacob from Age of Sigmore had that at- accomplishment done already. Sorry. <laughs> okay. But you're second. And that's there you go. that's that's fine. <laughs> no, it was awesome fun. doing this podcast with you guys. Always. Uh, I really appreciate these every two weeks us getting together and BSing about this all. And I should be talking necrons with Alex here in the next couple of days on his show Yeah. at some
1: point. If you're free tomorrow, I mean, we can try to get that done then, but we want to do a Necron show.
0: Oh yeah. That would be (laughs) damn good times. Anyways, Uh, uh, Alex, this is your, uh, your platform. Jump on there. What do you got
1: for showouts? I have not too much to plug, not too much to promote. I I talked about it at the start of the uh, start of this uh, episode today. Uh, You know, we have in your phase, like us, subscribe. We're everywhere where you can get uh, Party of the All Points. We are uh, commonly referencing Dayton and everyone else in Party of the All Points and, and all your content. Um, you know, it's, it's uh, we got a lot of uh, the live streams, uh, the hobby things. We got a lot more media than podcasting right now that we're just trying to show out um, in the next few bit days, uh, sometime before I'm sure this is recorded and released, or after this is recorded, obviously, but. Uh, before it's probably really what do you usually release these Dayton? uh
0: i'm probably too drunk tonight to finish this out so i'll get done tomorrow oh, probably tomorrow the next day yeah
1: probably tomorrow so maybe the same time that this is released if not same day maybe um you should be able to see a live stream Dayton and i will talk about the necron codex for 40k um i am a 40k has been and uh you know, Dayton and I both used to play a lot more 40K than we currently do. So it's pretty exciting to talk about an army that we both play. We're gonna be going through that. Uh, then regular episodes, regular other live streams. Uh, frankly, the next two live streams for our Sunday games are probably gonna be 40K because we just did two AOS ones in a row. So yeah, uh, I'm ready to bring the synthtrons out and have some fun. But Age of Sigmar wise, I'm just painting a bunch of fucking lizard men. Uh, Everyone's welcome to play me on TTS trying to continue to stay frosty. That being said, I got nothing else to promote. Thank you so much for having me on. <laughs> yeah, thanks fast. for coming on, buddy.
0: Super good. Always fun. i uh, glad we yeah. could have a couple pre drinks before he jumped on the podcast. Woo-hoo. Jeff, <laughs> man, sign. So thanks for listening guys. Have a good one. And we'll talk to you next time. This is Jeff It's signing out. Love that monotone voice of yours. Price.
3: Uh, thanks for listening, guys. I uh, hope you have a great evening. Uh, looking forward to talking to you in another two weeks. And we'll keep talking to you to Sigmar. Thanks, guys.
0: Always a pleasure. Dayton here. Signing off. Thanks for listening. Thanks to England being our number three for downloads. We finally tapped into you. Love you all. Drink your teas. You're number three. Yay. Government sucks. And Alex, your turn.
1: Thank you so much for having me on. Everyone, like and subscribe. Party the all points. They, uh... Have a really good time.
2: Cheers, man. All boys. right. Adios. Bye.